0: Y2K, how many of you remember where you were on Y2K? Everybody remember where you were? I thought, I grew up in a real churchy environment, and so I, I thought the Lord was coming back. I thought that was the day He was coming back. Everything was going to melt down. Jesus was coming back. And I was mad at God for this. I was mad at God because, and I'm, I'm going to show you our age a little bit, but uh, Brandy and I got married in June of 2000, and I thought, God, if you come back before my honeymoon, all I've done for you, all I've <laughs> I'm a good church kid. All I've given my life, and now you're going to, this is how you pay me back. Uh, Jesus coming back on Y2K. Now remember we were in church. I told you we we're super churches. So we were in church overnight, Henry, in, in the new year. You know, we we prayed and then and then it didn't happen. Nothing melted down. Jesus didn't come back. I went on my honeymoon. Hallelujah, everybody. Eight almost 18 years ago. <laughs> Uh, and, and But it just seems like yesterday, man, you sort of live that Now here we are in 2018 And it just feels like, man, the world just keeps moving at such a fast pace And I, as I prayed about uh, what series to open this year I take, I take preaching very, very serious And, and I want to make sure that uh, I'm giving you what God would want for our church And what God would want to say to you I really felt this idea of an adventure, of you and I sort of awakening the adventure in our lives. It's sort of As we go into this new year, what would it look like to awaken the adventure that God has for us? Because here's the truth of the matter. I think God wired you and me for adventure. I think he, he sort of hardwired us, you know, inside of us for greatness. I think there's calling in every person here. I think there's purpose in every person. If you hang around City Hills very long, I, I, I'm going to talk about the purpose that I believe God has in your life and the great calling I think God has in your life and... My prayer is for you over the next couple of weeks that you sort of open up, you discover, and really wake up that great adventure inside of you, that calling inside of you. How many of you love adventure? Like you're just a risk taker, like Daredevil, where you at? All my Daredevil friends, yeah. You're, you're obvious, it's obvious. You're the people who were yelling about Night of Worship a while ago. You're the same people. This is, I'm not the biggest risk taker, but just recently, actually several weeks ago, I got invited on a. Uh, pastors retreat and all expenses paid pastors retreat to Montana I've never been to Montana before And I know it's hard by looking at me But I'm not that much of an, uh, uh, an outdoorsman Anyway, whatever, I know it's <laughs> it, it, But I don't And, and so this, my, my friend, a pastor friend of mine called and said Hey, I'd love you to go to Montana with us There's about 15 or so pastors And we're going to go and we're going to disconnect And we, we go to the, the Crow Indian Reservation It's about 510,000 acres of nothingness and we're going to stay in a lodge on the Bighorn River, and we're going to fly fish for five days. And I said, that that sounds like uh, hell, actually. <laughs> I've heard of this place before. <laughs> I, um, but, but, you know, you, I don't know what this means, but uh, my old pastor you say, never look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't know what that means, except for you always say yes. you know. And so I said yes. When Pastor Jeremy called and asked, and so I flew to Montana, flew to Billings, Montana, and it was it was somewhere between eight degrees and eighty below. I don't know where it was. It was ice cold. And we and we got in trucks and we drove from Billings two and a half more hours into the wilderness, almost to Wyoming, almost to the state line. Matter of fact, where we stayed at the Bighorn, you could see the state of Wyoming through through the plains there, the Great Plains. And and that you know we ate. It was a beautiful experience. It really was great lodge and and just you know they had a chef there. Super amazing. And they were so kind to, for pastors. And we we're just at a round table and and we had a counselor there because your pastor needs counseling every once in a while. Amen, everybody and trying to work through my stuff and your stuff that I know about my stuff and your stuff. And so and, and, and then the next morning the guy you know they told us hey we're gonna we're gonna go fishing the next morning. And the guide will be here at six, and I said like six in the morning. Like I know, I know about the other six uh, p.m. But there's, but you mean six a.m. We have to be ready. Yeah, we have to be ready at six a.m. So we were up because we had to put on, we had to put on waders and bibs and all sorts. Of, any fly fishermen, where you at? All the fly fishermen, good. Yeah, nobody. Everybody's got sense. Um, and so, and so we go out, and it's it's ice cold, and it's raining. Everybody. It's rain let me paint this it's raining and it's cold and we're on a river and it starts snowing it's so cold it starts snowing and sleeting and there's a guide and another pastor and I a friend of mine from Washington state we're fishing together and a guide and we fish for about half the day and I'm I'm using the term we fish loosely I mean we were in the boat and there were fishing poles anyway whatever and so uh, at noon, we pulled over on the Bighorn River, and we were just frozen. I hated life. I hated ministry. I hated fishing. I hated everything about what this retreat was supposed to do for me. It was supposed to help me disconnect. And at that point, I wanted to give up everything. And, and the, the, we ate lunch. You know, on the boat there, we had our lunch packed, our guide had. And, and the pastor in, uh, that was in the boat with me, he said, uh, how, how much longer do we have, you know, till the lodge? And the guy kind of looked around the river there. And I mean, it's I, I just can't describe to you. It's absolutely majestically beautiful, but it is so cold. You just hate your life, you know, and it's, it's raining and we're on water and we're wet everywhere, everywhere. We're wet. And there's and, and so he said he's, he kind of looked around the river and he said, if we leave right now and don't fish anymore, we're about two hours from the lodge. And at that moment, I'm a spirit-filled, spirit-led kind of guy. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go now. Now. And I immediately spoke that word of wisdom to him and said, Sir, I think we need to go. I think it's time to go right now. We're not going to fish not one more minute. Matter of fact, we can eat this lunch on the way to go. And we we rode all the way back. And that was the end of, of my fishing adventure. The rest of the time, I stayed in the lodge and watched ESPN. Anyway. I'm not that much of an adventurer, but but there were people on this trip that just for five days they'd get up at four o'clock in the morning, and get everything on, and go on this adventure, and they just love the great outdoors like that. And there's something about it I really did enjoy. I mean, by the end of the trip, you and I enjoyed being out, and we were hiking, and you know, did something that I didn't hate in my life, and it wasn't raining all the time, and. But why do we do like? Why do we love to disconnect? Here's the reason why. Because I think God had some adventure kind of hardwired inside of you. Why is it that there's some stuff that just? Why do people want to jump out of perfectly good airplanes and skydive? Anybody ever done that? Why would you do that? We take all these precautions so that we don't have problems in airplanes, and then you go and open the door and willingly jump out. Of an airplane. I don't know why anybody would do that, but there's just some adventure. Matter of fact, we're so adventurous. They built something not far from here where you can skydive indoors. I mean, you like you don't have you seen this? With iFly, you just stand over this big fan. Why do you want to do that? Because there's just something inside of us. It's just there's just something that God put inside of us. I think you're hardwired for adventure. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says it like this: Before I formed you in the womb, this is God talking. He said, listen to this. I knew you. Underline that in your Bible. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Not only did I know you and consecrate you, but then I appointed you To be a prophet to the nation God's talking to Jeremiah And there's three things here Leave this scripture up I want you to see The first is this God says before you were ever born Before your mother knew your name Or your sex Before your daddy did He said I knew you Now listen that Greek word "knew" there That means an intimate friendship It doesn't just mean I knew about you It means God knew the deepest part of your life God knew the deepest secrets in your life Before God ever formed you He knew your shortcomings and that's not a short joke. Stop that. God knew what you, were, what you were going to be weak. God knew the struggles that you had. God knew your weaknesses. God knew who you were going to marry. God, it, it, this is the, the Greek translation is almost better translated like a best friend knows you. Like they know everything about you. God said, I knew that about you before you were ever born. Not only did I know you, listen, but I consecrated you. Underline that word in your Bible. I consecrated you. That means I set you apart. I, 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 didn't, just, I didn't just say, oh, well, I hope everything works out, you know, and, and kind of kick you out and just, you know, uh, good luck on all of that. He said, no, no, no. I put a special anointing on your life. I consecrated you. You're not like everybody else. It's why you have a different fingerprint than everybody, a different personality than everybody. It's why you don't look like anybody in your family. Come on, somebody. It's why. It's, God said, I, I set you apart. I consecrated you. You're going to be different. Not only did I know you like a best friend knows, not only did I consecrate you, but listen close. Here's the important one. He said, then I appointed you. I gave you something to do. I put a calling inside of you. Listen, Jeremiah, I called you to be a prophet But listen to me in this room. God appointed you to do something with your life. The God that knew you and consecrated you and set you apart, He said, I appointed you to do something in your life. I didn't leave your life to chance. I didn't just leave you to grow up and think, well, I hope everything works out. Maybe they'll figure it out. He said, no, no, no. Before you were ever born, I knew what I had planned for you. I knew the thing I wanted you to do with your life. See, you think you just got here by accident. You think you got that job by accident. You think you got into that school because you you had good grades. You think you married her because you were so good looking. You were not. You were her last choice, Joker. You, you, You think everything's by chance. God said, no, 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 none of that's by chance. I appointed you. I put something inside of you. I love the way Paul says it in the New Testament in Ephesians. He says it like this, for we are God's masterpiece. And He has created us anew new in Christ Jesus so that we can listen close so that we can do the good things that He did not leave up for chance. He planned for us long ago. God said, you're at my listen, if you're his masterpiece, write this down. if you're God's masterpiece, then that must mean God has a master plan. <laughs> if you're His masterpiece then God's got a master plan. You don't leave masterpieces to chance. You don't leave masterpieces just to maybe this will work out. I don't really know what's going to happen. No, no, no. I got a master plan. You ever rent, went inside of a new home and a beautiful design home and you walk in and you go, man, I love this architecture. I love the floor coverings. I love the colors they pick. I love the furnishings. You think that was by chance? You think the builder went in and said, well, I don't know what we're going to do today, boys. Let's just talk about it. Let's think, what what could we do up here? No, no, no. He said, I, 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 if I'm going to create a masterpiece." I'm going to put a plan together in your life. Now listen to me. Some of you have lived 30, 40, 50 years thinking that everything in your life was just by chance. That it just kind of happened. I just fell into it. I don't know how we got here. And God said, no, no, none of that's up to chance. You're a masterpiece and I've got a master plan for your life. I got something inside of you. I've got something I want you to do. The Bible said he planned for you to do it a long time ago. I put something inside of you. So what do you do? What what do you, how do you how do you discover that? How do you wake that up? Well, listen, let me tell you how. You go to the master planner and you go, "Okay, God, if in fact I'm a masterpiece and you said that I was, so I'm going to believe what you said about me, then I need to know what your master plan is. What's the great adventure that you have on the inside of me?" But over time, life happens. Listen close. And the spirit of adventure that we once had as a kid, it kind of fades away. We used to to try new things and explore new places and eat new foods. And now, when we go to Chick-fil-A, it's always a number one with no pickles and two Chick-fil-A sauces. And do not mess the order up. I don't know I don't need to see a menu. I get the same thing every time I come here. I used to be adventurous. I used to, I used to try new things. No, this is exact, this is what I always do. Matter of fact, you get frustrated. If you mess my order up, I will cut you. Come on, somebody. Because I, 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 I do the same thing. I used to want to be Indiana Jones. Where are all my 80s and 90s kids at? Come on, Indiana Jones. I used to, now, Indiana Jones wasn't good enough, so we had James Bond. Where's all my James? I'm not talking about new James Bond. I'm talking about Sean Connery James Bond. Come on, somebody. Sean Co- I, I can't do it anyway and That wasn't good enough And now it's Jason Bourne Well my Bourne identity and Bourne, Bourne Bourne's There's 10 of them Or something and, and now I gotta confess to you Can I confess to you Right where it's the first day of the fast And 21 days I'm feeling confession Now I'm into blacklist Now it's Red Reddington Come on everybody Raymond Reddington, what I'm talking about I I, I wanted to be those kind of things I wanted wanted to be Indiana Jones I wanted to do adventures I wanted to be James Bond Now I just want to eat popcorn, drink Coke Zero And watch James Bond Come on somebody We lose that sense of what could God do through me What's God called me to do Most of us, would you write this down This is probably true of you Most of us strive hard To live safe and predictable lives you say, that, that sounds counterintuitive. How do you work hard on that? I don't know, but we do. Most of us strive very hard to live very safe and very predictable lives. We, 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 we work hard at our routine. We work hard at staying average. We work hard at staying status quo. Just don't mess it up. Don't do anything. And, and last Sunday, the last Sunday of 2017, we, we kind of threw our fist up in the air and we said, this is my year to break out. And then Monday through Saturday, you live the same kind of year you had the last year of 2017. Even though we said, this is my year, I'm, I'm going to do something great. And you, and you live the exact same safe and predictable life you lived the last week. And the, and the last week of last year. And the last week of the year before that. Listen close to me. Your biggest regret at the end of your life will not be the things you did. It will be the things you wish you had. The biggest regret at the end of your life will not be the things you did. It will be the things you wish you had. Nobody gets to their deathbed and says, Man, I, I, you know what? I, 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 this, I, I did all this. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I took a risk. I'm sorry we did all that. No, no, no. Everybody gets on the deathbed and said, I'm sorry we didn't. I'm sorry we didn't spend more time together with our kids. I'm sorry we didn't travel more. I wish we would have seen the world. Baby, I wish we would have went to Europe. Our 20-year anniversary is coming. I'm trying to convince her. I wish we would have went to Europe. Please take me to Europe. Please, baby. I wish we had. I wish we would have went, I wish we would have said yes, listen close, I wish we would have said yes to that ministry moment. I wish I would have been there, I wish I would have been there at night of worship, it's the first one. I wish I would have given more time to God, I wish I would have shown up to prayer. I wish I would have fasted more, I wish I would have been intentional about my marriage more, I wish I would have went on date nights, come on wives, let me help you for a moment. I'm not preaching about relationships until February, but let me help you right now. Men, get your calendar out. If you can schedule golf, and you can schedule work meetings, and you can schedule happy hour, you can schedule date night. All the men said amen. Get your calendar out. I wish I would have scheduled. I wish I would have spent more time. I wish I would... Listen, you you, you know that you know that it's not the things you did, it's the things you wish you had. So if you know you'll regret it, Why do you stay the same? If we know we'll regret it Why do do we not change? One of my jobs as a pastor Honestly, you're going to find this funny But one of the jobs I have as your pastor Is to make you uncomfortable It's to to make you squirm In those ridiculously comfortable chairs That you're in right now You wait till we build a church We will not put good chairs in there I'm going to pay you back For all the time in this movie theater But one of my jobs is to make you feel and squirm with your average. Listen, because I want to awake the greatness that's inside of you. Because I don't want you to live your life and get to the end of your life and preach your funeral and hear you say, I wish I would have. I wish I would have spent more time with God. I wish I would have taken that year seriously. I wish we would have. I have regrets. on. No, no, no. I want you to live the life God has planned for you on the inside. That thing He appointed you to do. That adventure that He's called you to. My job is to wake you up to that adventure. So why do we abandon it? Why why, why do we walk away? Like what happens in our lives that we abandon the adventure that God has for us? Here's a couple of reasons. I don't think these are all of them. The couple I came up with, write this down. The first one is discarded dreams. We kind of walk away from our dreams. Somewhere along the way you just stop dreaming. We used to talk about our dreams. You, you, listen. You may have shared your dream with a few people, and they made fun of you. Like Joseph, he shared his dream with his brothers, and they couldn't receive it, and they made fun of him. Matter of fact, they killed him. They tried to kill him because of his dreams. They tried to you know they fake this, whole, sold him into slavery because he told him his dreams. And so, at some point in your life, listen, you stop dreaming, and the pain of your life replaces the purpose of your life. I'm preaching better than you're, Amen. And right now. The pain that you experience when you told somebody you dream, it, it replaced the purpose that you knew God had for you. And so you just stop dreaming because it hurts too bad to dream. I'll just settle into average. I'll just settle into mundane. I was reading a book the other day about turning 40. And I'm not 40 yet, but listen close. I'm really close. 40's not so old. Come on, everybody. <laughs> 50's not too old. 60's not too old, everybody. 70 is... Experienced, amen everybody <laughs> The older you get, the younger it seems Amen everybody I was, reading, I was reading about men turning 40 I read this quote That men beyond the age of 40 Begin to close doors to rooms God, this hit me so hard That they'll never return to and open again They close the doors to rooms And they say, I guess that's over I guess I missed my opportunity I guess I just I guess that's never going to happen for me like I thought it would. I guess I'm never going to have what it was I thought I had. Let me ask you. Let me challenge you on the first Sunday of this brand new year. My job in these next four weeks is to make you so uncomfortable that you do not stop dreaming, everybody. That you're not too old to dream a new dream. I don't want to close doors that God has opened and doesn't mean for me to shut. I don't want to die before I'm done, everybody. I don't want to let go. I don't want to die before I do the thing God called me to do. I don't want to die before I'm done, God, with the calling you have in my life. There's an adventure on the inside of me, God. I want to do everything in my power at 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 and 80. You're not too old to close the doors of your life. Where God has an adventure, I want to do everything I can to advance God's kingdom. Listen, the older I get, the more intentional and aggressive I am about my calling. I just, I got to do it. I got to push back darkness. I cannot give up on my dreams. Think about the story of Job in the Bible. You know that story. He loses everything his family, his business, his home his crazy wife, come on somebody, his wealth, everything is over with and Job feels like there's no hope. Here's what he says, my days are over. My hopes have disappeared and my heart's desires are broken. Look me in the eyes. There are men and women in this room that have said these words and we're only seven days into a new year. You just feel like I don't have anything else. I don't know what else I can do. And you discard your dreams. But listen to me. God was not through with Job and God is not through with you. God has not given up on you. Some of us have given up on God when God hasn't given up on us. I'm trying my best to shake you and wake up that adventure that's on the inside of you. That you do not discard the dreams that God gave you. That you know that you know that He appointed you to do in your life. Come on, wake that stuff up. Get, get, get uncomfortable with the comfortableness of your life. Don't give up in the middle. Don't give up while you're getting where you're going. God, I'm preaching. God, I feel what I'm telling you because I listen because I'm looking into your eyes in desperation, asking me what's different about this year. What's going to make this year any better? My marriage is still struggling and nobody knows. We're still on the brink of bankruptcy and nobody knows. My kids are lost and I can't tell anybody. I'm addicted and nobody knows, not even my wife. What's going to make this any different? The only thing that will make it different is when you go back to the master planner and go, God, if in fact I'm a masterpiece, why don't you wake something up inside of me? Awaken that adventure inside of me. But we discard our dreams. And when you do, you, you, all, all sorts of things happen. You have a lack of purpose, a lack of fulfillment, a lack of joy. Listen close. A lack of energy. There's some of you, you think your lack of energy is because you don't drink enough monster energy drinks. That ain't it. Now, it, it, it could be Krispy Kreme. I don't know yet. The jury's still out on that, whether that does it to you or not. But probably your lack of energy is that I don't have anything to dream for. Why? Why well, get up out of bed anyway, and things are going well, but the pain is so deep in your life that you lack fulfillment. You don't know what to do, and you start living your life on autopilot. Everybody know what I'm talking about? You ever given an autopilot response when somebody asks you, hey, how's it going in your life? I mean, how, how you doing? How you doing? How, how's today going? What, what does everybody say? I'm good. You ever met somebody that like <laughs> that was like brutally honest, and you're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, it's awful. Got this thing on my foot I don't even know about right now. My husband slept in the other bed last night, and my checking account's overdrawn. And you're like, honey, I, I didn't care. Honestly, I didn't even care. Like, I was just asking you, because I was on autopilot. I was hoping you were on autopilot, and we could just get by with, how are you? I'm good. You all went and told the truth. I just I was just asking. I didn't care. Because I'm on autopilot. I'm living in mediocrity. I'm living my average, not my adventurous life for God. Listen, autopilot inside of an airplane is a device that steers in place of a person. Oh God. Some of us have replaced personal steering of our own lives with an autopilot. And now the opinion of other people steer where we go. What do you think about me? I'll go this way. What do you all think about me? I'll go this way. And you're not in control of your own destiny. You're just allowing somebody else to steer where you go. Failure of disappointment. I, 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 there's something in my life that I, I don't want to disappoint you. I, I, I don't want to disappoint. There's disappointment in my past. And so you, you allow that to just, I don't want to let you down again, so I'll steer this way. And you're just on autopilot, just going. Maybe there's a sin or a failure somewhere in your life that you just can't get over and give to God. And so you just let that steer your whole life, and now you're not dr- Now you're not in control Now you're not going where God called you You're just letting everybody else steer That's autopilot everybody Because you've discarded your dreams Here's the second reason i got to hurry and preach Second reason why I think people abandon their dreams Is distracted vision We have this place that we should be going But I can't see where I'm going anymore because there's too much going on in my life I have two little kids, a six year old and a three year old At some point I'm going to have to stop preaching about them so much Because they're going to get old enough to listen to the podcast But we're not there yet My six year old and my three year old, we were in the the car We were going the other day and I yelled at the kids Stop talking, stop making so much noise, I can't see where I'm going To which my godly, loving, supportive wife says, "Do you drive with your ears?" To which I said, "Do not dishonor the man of God like that. Don't." <laughs> you heard somebody say that seeing is believing, but it, but it's true. I, I read about some new research that suggests. Listen close. That vision involves hearing. That scientists study brain processes involved in your sight. They found. Listen that the visual cortex of your your eyes use information gleaned from your ears. And it suggests that the auditory input of your ears help you predict upcoming information. Let me give you an example. If you're in the street and you hear a motorcycle, you expect to turn around and see a motorcycle because you heard it. If you turn around the corner and you see a horse, it would surprise you because your eyes are expecting what your ears heard. Some of you can't get where you're going because there's too much noise in your ears telling you you're not good enough, you're not valuable enough, you'll never make it, you're too fat, too skinny, too tall, too short, too dumb, you're never gonna get there, you're too ugly, it's never gonna happen. God didn't do that for you, God doesn't care about you, you can't ever serve God. I've seen this before, you're not gonna quit smoking this time, you're never gonna be able to set this down, and all of this stuff's in your ears, and you can't see where you're going of all the stuff you hear there's distraction in your life listen there's distraction in my vision because I got all this wrong input now I'm seeing the wrong thing because I'm hearing the wrong thing You you have to at some point in your life decide who gets a voice in your life not everybody gets to talk to me not everybody gets an opinion about me. You can have one. I just don't have to hear it. Come on, somebody, because I'm going somewhere, and I can't be distracted about where God's called me to go. I'm going over here, and I don't want my I don't want my vision distracted by all the noise in my life. I I, I want God to speak to me. I want to know, God, where do you want me to go? That's why. Listen, that's why today we're beginning a 21 day fast together because fasting quiets the noise so you can see clearly where to go Let me tell you a story in the book of Matthew 17 when they had come to the multitude these are the disciples there's a man that came to Jesus kneeling down to him and saying Lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and he suffers severely and he often falls into the fire and into the water in other words, When he has a seizure, he's hurting himself terribly bad. Not just the epilepsy, but now he's falling into the fire and the water. And it's scary. Nothing is more scary than when you have a sick baby. He brings him to Jesus. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Another translation says heal him. They couldn't heal him. Then Jesus answered and said, not to the man, but to his disciples. Oh, faithless, underline that in your Bible. And perverse generation, underline that in your Bible How long will I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me, the child Bring him here to me Jesus rebuked the devil, the demon in him And it came out of him The child was cured that very hour He was healed, Jesus healed And then the disciples came up to Jesus After it's all over with Like all of us would And they said, hey listen, tell me what happened right there I love how they came up privately They didn't want to do it in front of the man They were like, hey When everything settles down Can we talk about this? They came to him privately and said, why could we not cast this devil out? Jesus gives them an answer, and I've always misquoted it. The answer to why you couldn't is because of your unbelief. That's why. You could not cast this devil out because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and in a move, nothing will be impossible for you. This is the part that I always misquoted, because I thought Jesus was saying, this is why you couldn't. He said, no, 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 you've got an unbelief problem. Well, how do I cure my unbelief problem? This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In the same story, Jesus gives us a problem and a solution. The problem is that they're an unbelieving, faithless, and perverse generation. Faithless or unbelieving means I'm disconnected from God. Perverse means I'm too connected to the world. So what's the answer from being faithless and being perverse? Well, prayer connects me to God and fasting disconnects me from the world. So why do we begin the year off with prayer and fasting? Because there's going to be devils that we encounter this year Struggles in your life Problems you don't know about Stuff on the horizon you don't even know is coming That one phone call that changes your whole life That one manila envelope with with test results That that change everything in your life Or that are divorce papers Or that are bankruptcy notices That one phone call from a child in prison that That one thing that changes everything You don't know what's coming in this year So how do I handle When I get to the problem Do I have enough faith Faith to heal the problem God said here's how you got to disconnect from this world and you got to get connected to God prayer connects me to God and fasting disconnects me from the world and here's the third reason why I think and I, I get we got to go that people abandon their dreams is it's, it's it's usually just disbelief they just think man there's just no way God could use me all the stuff I've done there's just no way and I don't even know why God... I don't even know why He was ta- If He knew my story, He wouldn't be telling me this. No, 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 I know your story. But some of us have disbelief. The truth of the matter is this. Write this sentence down if you're taking notes. When you're blinded to the possibilities of your future, then you settle for the familiarities of your past. When you're blinded to the possibilities of your future, what God could do for you, then you just settle in the familiarities of your past. I'm not sure whether God... I, I, I don't know if He can do this. I don't know if there's any possibility. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm used goods. I don't know if I can have another successful marriage. I don't know if we should try for another baby. I don't know, what, I, I, I don't know if it'll happen. So you're blind to the possibilities of what's in front of you. You just start settling for what you've always had. You start settling for your past. In 2018, when you can't see a way out... You start living like you did in 2017, and 16, and 15, and 1999, and 1985, and whenever that thing was in you that it died, that thing. So how do we awaken the adventure? Henry, come play. Give them some hope that I'm closing. I'm not, but I want them to think I am. I'm, I'm kidding. How do you awaken the adventure? You told me all the reasons why I probably let go and abandoned it. Tell me what to do now. I'll write these three things down very quickly. The first is you got to believe again. You just got to believe again. You just got to. You got listen. God doesn't. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Everybody. God doesn't call you because you got it together. God says I'm gonna use you, and then we'll get it together together. You don't have to have it all right. You just got to believe that God has something for you. I'm trying to shake you this first. Listen, I'm going to take four weeks to make you so uncomfortable you stay the whole time I preach. So that you'll just wake up that adventure. There's something God has for you. How do I do that, pastor? How do I do that? Let me tell you how. You get as close as you can to God. How do I get close to God? Prayer. That's why starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., listen close. I'm asking our whole church. You say, this is crazy talk. No, it's crazy to live another year like I lived last year and the year before that and the year before that. I'm going to do everything I can Monday through Friday. We'll start at 6 in the morning, and we'll, we'll you'll be in your car before 7. I promise. That's my guarantee. On the way to school, to work, whatever, back home. Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we'll have live worship. By 10 o'clock, you'll be in your car. We won't take your whole Saturday. We'll worship together live. Every morning, we're going to worship and sing together. We're going to pray together. Then we're going to pray individually And in 45, 50 minutes. You can go home. You say, what difference does that make? I'll tell you what difference it makes. Day 15, day 17, day 18, when the enemy starts telling you, you're, you're, you're going to have another year like last year. You're going to say, no. You don't understand. I've spent 15, 16, 18 mornings with Jesus and I, he's, he's starting to stir something up inside of me. I'm starting to see clearly again where everything was quiet. I, 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 I it just It's like things just started fading away and I could see clearly again. We're going to fast together. Fasting just means setting aside something I want for something I want more. I don't want this food, this, this entertainment, this I don't want it as much as I want a year that awakens that adventure back in me. The second thing you got to do is just go all in. I ask you to do this often, but I'm asking you especially this year to just go all in. Just put all the chips in on the table. I'm ready to do what you called me to do, God. I'm not going to waste another year. Listen, if you've given 35, 38, 42 years, 50 years doing something else, what's one year of trying this? Just go all in. You say, how do I go all in? Let me give you two ways. One of them is today, growth track. Growth track step one is today at 1 o'clock. And growth track is our process for membership and to get on the dream team. You say, man, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you. If you'll change the people you're around, and you'll develop a new family and a new cadre of friends, a new a, a new set of people that, and you'll give your life to something that's bigger than your problems. It's amazing what will happen. Your problems will start to diminish as my calling starts to increase. Today at Growth Track, we're going to help you. Matter of fact, today you can take some personality profiles and spiritual gift assessments, and you'll be able to see this is how God designed me. Oh my gosh, God! God gave me all these gifts all this stuff He wants me to use all of this to make a difference like to really leave a legacy leave my mark in the world if you haven't gone to growth track my my sincerest invitation to you today is you just go on in not just that but you need to get in a connect group our new connect group semester launches January the 28th listen close you cannot you quote me on this You cannot live a successful Christian life by yourself. You can be a Christian, but you'll be the most miserable one everybody ever met. You need people. We were designed for people. If you're not in a group, lead a group. You can lead anything today. I heard somebody, somebody is partnering with one of the team members told me they're starting a golf group. Come on, all the men in a golfing group. You say, How spiritual is golf? Well, if you don't cheat, it can't it can't be. They're going to get together and pray. Listen, I don't care if it's a club and, 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 and golf and golf. I just want 5 or 6 or 10 or 12 men to get together on the first tee box on the white tees because we know you you're going to get together on that tee box and pray and just say man what can I do for you Wesley how can I pray for you dude what's going on in your world and you do that for 12 weeks or 13 weeks you play golf six, seven, eight times together let me tell you what's going to happen you're going to start awakening up man God's using them maybe God could use me man there's something in them I wish I had get in a group get in a group Get in a group, get in a group, get in a group, lead a group. Start a Bible study. I talked to a woman the other day, Brandy, talked to a woman on our team. She said, I, I have fought this and fought this. She literally said this. She said, since I moved here 17 years ago, I have fought the call of God to start a ladies' Bible study. And this semester, in four weeks, I'm going to start a ladies' Bible study. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just awaken that up. You know Why? I'm done. I really am done. This is why. Colossians says it this way. It says, we look at this son. I love this translation. This is the message. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. He said, when you look at Jesus, you see God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and we see God's original purpose for everything that he created. Because everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, and you're no angel. But everything got started in Him. and Everything finds its purpose in Him. You will not be able to live an adventurous, faith-filled, purpose-filled life. You will never find fulfillment until you find it in Him. Because everything finds its purpose in Him. Amen, everybody. Stand up all over the house. Let me pray for you. Grab somebody's hand real quick. Bow your heads. Let's ask God to stir us right now. Come on, I want you to say yes before you even pray. I want you to just have a yes in your spirit because in this moment, the Holy Spirit's going to talk to some of your hearts. He's going to awaken something in you and I I want a yes to be on your lips, Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've created me on purpose for a purpose. God, help me to find that, to find that in you, to sort of reconnect and awaken that adventure, that calling that you have in my life, that thing you put on the inside of me that, 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 that I've, I've let lay dormant, I've settled for average and mediocre, I've even settled for terrible, I'm ready for a different year. God, I'm going to do things differently. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to commit to prayer. I may not be at every one of them, but I'm going to be at every one I can be at. You don't have to do it all. You just got to start somewhere. Tomorrow morning, I'll be there at 6 a.m. I'd be waiting on you there I'd love to have you there I'm just going to do something I'm going to get started some way, somehow You say, man, I don't know what to fast Just something, just something that you decide I'm going to set this aside I'm going to do something I'm going to give God something I'm I'm going to do my very best to set something aside Give it to God Father, I pray in Jesus' name in this very moment God that you would awaken that inside of us that we could reconnect and believe again stop the noise in our life set aside all of that stuff that's distracting focus on you if you've never given your heart completely to Jesus this is a great time to do just that it's the start of the year we've got one more minute left you can you can do that in this next 60 seconds all you have to do is pray a prayer that sounds like this say Lord Jesus I believe I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that because of the cross, I can be made whole, that you can rescue me from myself from my sin that I'm drowning in. So I give you my whole heart. Here I surrender everything I am, my life, my dreams, my hopes, my future, my past. I repent of all of my sins. Save me now. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen.